starting with uh, bringing the mind and the body together by sensing, you know, from inside the body breathing. And as I have mentioned already before, it's it's really important not to get stuck on the words because, you know, sometimes it, you know, if you really start to analyze what we are saying, it might just you might get really confused. So it's more like being aware that these words they are pointers, and to analyze the pointers is pointless really. Mm-hmm. Just looking in the direction the pointer is pointing. That's the Point. that's. That's the point. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, as simple as that. So we are not, you know, we are not completely consistent in, in following like uh, intellectual reasoning, maybe. But we we don't even. This is not our intention. You know, our intention is to kind of use concepts and then just leave them behind like a raft, like the Buddha's teaching was often compared, you know, to be like a raft. And when you are on the other shore, you don't have to carry it on your shoulders. You just leave it there for somebody else to use. So, all right. So sensing the body from inside. Which means, you know, that we go underneath appearances. For example, the body, you know, appearing to be like a solid, separate thing, walking around in the landscape and then when you sense it from inside it's a very different experience it's like a process fluid constantly changing and wherever you put your attention that's where you can sense, where you can feel. You feel also the qualities which are present in, at that point. For example, sitting on a cushion, sitting on the chair, there's a sensation of pressure <coughs> and then additional to the sensation we can also, there's also maybe a feeling if it is pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral.
So that the feeling gives us always like a snapshot of information about our experience in the present moment. It's to preserve the body, to preserve you know, safety. If it's unpleasant, we tend to move away from it. If it's pleasant, we want more. And if it's neutral, we, we don't, you know, we are confused, we don't know what we want. And this information which we get from feeling is very important, you know, for the survival of the, of the organism. And it's probably, you know, why we are still around on the planet after so many millions of years. But the more, you know, we live in bigger and bigger groups of, of humans, we... And I have to more and more learn how to household with that information. We can't blindly act on it anymore because and it would be counterproductive because we infringe on each other too much in that way. So we have to learn to take in the information which comes from feeling but not act on it blindly but just pursuing pleasant feeling and pushing away unpleasant feeling. If you're just alone in a cave, you can do that. But if you live with so many people in a city, in a town, in a household, you have to learn to regulate that. And in order to be able to regulate it, we have to know it for what it is first. This very ancient, very kind of I don't want to say primitive in a sense of a value judgment, but a very very early part of our evolution. And it's always with us. It's in our DNA. It has a very powerful influence on our lives. And according to the Buddhist teaching, it's feeling which drives which drives human beings and animals and all other kinds of beings drives them.
by you know running after pleasant and running away from unpleasant. But in reality, it's just information for us to work with. We, we don't necessarily have to run after the pleasant and run away from the unpleasant because, you know, feelings are impermanent. And it's according to the teaching, it's at feeling, you know, where we can step out of the wheel of um, samsara, of being stuck in uh, unconsciousness. That's where we can step out, by making the feeling conscious and observing it, you know, just letting it have its beginning, its middle and its end. And then, you know, having a choice to act on it or not act on it, depending if it's wholesome or not. Not depending if it's pleasant or not, but if it's wholesome or not. So we need more information than just pleasant and unpleasant in order to to lead a skillful life and make the right choices. And in order you know, to be able to stay long enough with feeling that we have to have resilience and, and have a strong container. Otherwise we just get too easily carried away into addictions and obsessions and everything, you know, what people are doing in this society which is totally dominated by consumerism where everybody is running after you know, the next hit. And it's it's kind of glorified in the most amazing you know, advertisements and so on and so forth. And there's a lot of subliminal, you know, programming. So people buy more and all of these mechanisms, you know, are are kind of played with by the big corporations and most people don't know what's happening to them. But it's actually not rocket science, you know, it's pretty primitive actually, once you pay attention. It looks kind of sophisticated on the in the glossy papers, but it's very primitive. And if we don't evolve further, you know, coming into a way of being where we can handle this, then it will handle us in the way that it's going to, you know, completely deplete the resources of this planet. If more and more people want more and more things. It's kind of hopeless otherwise. It's not going to have a happy ending.
And that's why we have the earth, you know, on the shrine as our teacher, because the earth is just saying, stop. I have reached my limits. And if, you know, we don't want to look at it, then we're going to get more and more wake-up calls. So at the time of the Buddha, that wasn't an issue. But the method is the same. They had other issues. They had certainly other things to contend with. So when we, you know, when we sometimes feel kind of driven by strong desire or strong aversion, it's really good to come back and, you know, come to the underlying feeling which has kicked that off. And once we can, you know, identify that, it gives you perspective on what's happening. That's what's you know unconscious programming.
So when we have you know, uh, resilience to move into the feeling rather than away from it, it's, it just starts to open up and it becomes quite clear that it's, it's, it's a kind of a process. And there's like all kinds of sensations, tingling and hot and cold and... pressure and it's very difficult to describe it with words but I'm, I'm sure you know what I mean when you just go through it it's not like a solid block which pushes us you know to do this or to do that as we can experience it if we are not mindful of it but it's it's like a process and we it's not as solid as it appears it's kind of subtly, constantly changing, fluctuating. And it's not as scary, you know, as, as we can uh, make ourselves believe it is. Because if we, if we turn away from it, then it, it, it's kind of becoming bigger. <coughs> but if we turn towards it and, and say yes, it's kind of, it starts to dissolve slowly. Just see it for what it is. It's part of our equipment, you know, as being born as a as a sentient being. Just learn to be with it and handle it in the right way. rather than, you know, being confused by it. I just want to add, you know, also like in the in the unfolding of evolution, the feeling is a very important has important function because it uh, it does uh, you know inspire organisms to more complexity because they respond to unpleasant feeling, and then through the repetition of of the experience, they become more and more complex. So it has a very important function. Even you know sometimes we feel like it's a bother for us unpleasant feeling. 
So it's not to be underestimated, really. But if we, you know, see it out of context and only take it personal, unpleasant feeling for me, I want only pleasant, I don't want unpleasant, then, you know, we feel like a victimized or something. But it's, it's much bigger than just about me. And then once we, you know, we cannot really understand that, then suddenly it's the space opens up and there is more capacity to accept the way things are. Because it's not about you and me as an individual. This is just thinking. Because as I said yesterday, thinking isn't really kind of um, doing the job very well because it's all about, you know, getting these bodies through the day. It's not really connected in with the bigger picture. So it's not giving us accurate information. Breathing into it.
Now is another session of group interviews upstairs in room 200 for Ayananda Bodhi in 208 for me. And then we meet again here for another sitting at uh, 10:15 Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org/donate.